All right, it's time for some ACC football camp check-ins. We'll talk about Boston College, Virginia Tech, Pitt, UNC. What will become of this Boston College offensive line? Can UNC's defense stop the run? Is there bright spots for Virginia Tech and Pitt offense showing some shine with this new Phil Dracovic? All of this and more on today's show. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked On Wolfpack. Each and every day, you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you download and subscribe to the pod from the YouTube space. It's always a good thing when you have a thousand followers, but we can use a thousand more. So go ahead and hit that subscription button. We're talking today about some camp check-ins around some of your favorite teams here in the ACC, as well as FSU remaining in the ACC, despite all of the summer huff and puff. We'll have all of that here. Kenton, how are we feeling? I feel great, you know, and I'm I'm sorry uh, that we're, we have to break our word and, and talk about Florida State again, uh, but it's it's been a, a tough news week, and, and we don't have a ton of different things to talk about. People are being real tight-lipped out of camp, which is a little worrisome because, you know, if you get a new Ferrari, if you get a Gucci belt, you know, I've seen people tuck in a – uh, a grad- graduation cap and gown to show off the two G's. And I'm, I'm worried because nobody wants to show off their two G's right now, which is telling me your belt don't got two G's on it, does it? But, you know, that's another story for another time. Well, you know, maybe people are trying to keep stuff under wraps because they're very excited about what's to come. They don't want to give too much away and they don't want to oversell the hype or the dream. So maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, that's very possible. It's very plausible. But I'm going to tell you this. These coaches know what they got. As someone who's participated in a camper too, it's better to reveal too much or it's worrisome if you don't reveal enough. I mean, I think it's all the same as a, from a player's perspective, it's all the same. If the, if your coach, I will say this though, if your coach talks about your unit in particular or you in particular, it does instill a sense of pride, a sense of joy in that, you know, of, of a hundred or so guys that are out here competing because fun fact kept, does have more players than the regular season and all that. So out of about a hundred guys that are out there competing, your unit or you in particular are being highlighted as like, Hey, this is a guy, this is a dude that's out there absolutely doing it. You know, I, I guess I would say it's better to say too much than, you know, to not give praise and, and have people kind of wondering, am what's going on here? Like, is there nothing that we're proud of right now? But you're fairly familiar with coach speak and reading between the lines. And I'm sure every day when we see these media takes and see some of these head coaches come out and talk about what they like and dislike of camp, maybe it's to cause some worry. We can kick it off with one who knows how to speak to media, knows how to sell a dream or two. And that is UNC's coach, Mac Brown, who, of course, has, you know, never minced words when it comes to how he feels about certain things, shoots it straight or sometimes doesn't shoot it at all. But he is very clear about this UNC defense and why they're still struggling when it comes to stopping a runny nose, when it comes to stopping the rush. It feels as if we're going to see more of the same from UNC's defense heading in 2023. Yeah, and and I will say this. Um, you know, there is concern about the ability to stop the run and all that good stuff. That's that's not something that is, you know, that we're making up or whatever the case may be. That's directly from the horse's mouth in terms of 
uh, Mac Brown saying, hey, we're concerned about this. We're worried about this and all that good stuff. But with that being said, it, it is it is clear to me that there are some bright spots in this defense. Uh, for example, the fact that they only allowed three big plays in their scrimmage this past Saturday. Is, it, that's a thing for a moment for excitement uh, for some UNC fans because at the end of the day, you're looking at a defense that, you know, in terms of allowing big plays was one of the worst in the conference last year, you know, in, in terms of um, allowing those massive chunk plays where it's you know, looking at the back of receivers' heads, uh, looking at the back of more heads than a good barber in terms of your defensive backs, that's something that we saw. And so um, having that ability to negate those big plays, you know, the stopping the run part of it is still very important because they did allow the most yards per carry as well. However, it is better to have that uh, – it, it's better to eliminate as many bad things as possible, long story short. And if they are eliminating their giving up big plays constantly, they're putting themselves in a good position to where you have to nickel and dime. You have to be patient. You have to trust the run game in order to get um, in order to get in the end zone against this thing. One thing I noticed about Coach Brown is he's very good at basically telling you what's bad so you can prep for it and there's no surprises in terms of if it actually goes to crap. You're not like, oh, my gosh, where was the run game? How do you stop it? If he's telling you we're still struggling with it, then there's no there. he's going to come back around to it throughout the season and say, I told you guys this was tough. I told you guys our schedule was too hard. And so if we do lose, don't act like I was like, oh, I'm all in and blah, 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 blah. So I think he – it's sort of reverse psychology in terms of what he attempts to do. But if you can like read through the sift through the BS, then you're like, yeah, okay. What you're telling me is this defense going to be the same. I mean, you know, here's the problem. Okay. Stopping the big plays is important. That is important. Okay. But here's what happens when you stop those big plays. Generally the, the game is won and lost from the, the money zone or sure. the red zone and green zone. What do I mean by the game is won and lost in the green zone? So the red zone for the offense, 20-yard line to their goal line. The green zone for defense, 20-yard line to their goal line um, in in that regard. So why am I saying that that's important? Mac Brown has also said that the red zone defense is okay but must improve. Here's the thing. Stopping the big play is amazing. If you have a bend but don't break defense, that's that has worked. That has won championships at every level. Here's where that comes in, though. Your red zone defense has to be at least very good in order for that to work. Because you're saying, hey, we'll concede yards between the, the, the 20s or really the 30s is, is about where people are okay with saying we'll concede these yards. But once you get to the 30 and in, we've got to be able to get the stops that we need to get. And if the red zone defense is okay but must improve, on top of, you know, potentially not being able to stop the run. Yeah, you, you could be on to something with saying the defense is going to be the same, Candace. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, like Mr. Jen Wright says, I'm convinced that UNC's defense will never be able to stop the run. And, you know, it's it's tough. I will be pleasantly surprised if that is a point of positivity this season, but it's not given likely. They also have, what, a cornerback who is out with the lower body injury. So, you know, they can't afford to lose anybody in the secondary, but they really have to step up when it comes to guys in the trenches. And right now I'm not feeling confident. However, we still have positive. There's always Drake May. You can always hang your hat on Drake. And the linebacking core is apparently doing pretty well. A, a third linebacker has uh, emerged, and, and true freshman Amari Campbell, who is a, a big hitter, they're, they're saying that he's walking around landing lumber 
uh, in those parts. So, you know, we're, we're looking at some, uh, we're looking at some pretty good things there uh, in terms of, in terms of, you know, it's not all bad. It's not all bad. It's not all doom and gloom for that defense. It's not great. We're not hearing glowing reviews like, Hey, this defense this year, night and day from what you saw last year, but there are spots for optimism and on a defense where you look at Cedric Gray and say, Oh boy, if he gets hurt, we are completely royally, you know, done to hear that there are other linebackers who are evolving and showing uh, really great potential. And, and I say evolving very loosely here as this young man is a true freshman, meaning he's only been here since uh, spring ball or been there since spring ball. But to see other linebackers stepping up is a big deal. 100% agree. Let's talk about our friends here at Nutrafol. You don't have to choose between either hair growth or your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. Kitten, I hope that you're listening to this one. Men think losing hair is inevitable. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for men. Did you know that 80% of men will experience hair thinning in their lifetime? It's normal, but it doesn't have to be your fate. You can get ahead of thinning with Nutrafol. Men, are you tired of weakening or thinning hair? Do you want to reach your full hair potential? Leading hair growth supplement, Nutrafol, helps improve hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter the promo code locked on college. Find out why 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. That's Nutrafol.com slash men spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. That's Nutrafol.com slash men promo code locked on college. Sometimes people are just here to help you. You feel me? You're here to help. Ross Jackson is another star of Locked On Podcast Network, and he, like I, is happily bald. So, well, that. you know, if you guys want to step up to the plate and try a little Nutrafol and be a tech, you can be a real live read. You can be a we'll real pass. update. We'll pass. I'm just trying to help a brother I've, out. I've talked about the items that that we have to advertise that I absolutely love. I've talked about those plenty of times. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. LinkedIn jobs, use it all the time at work. Sweat block, love it, great. We're not going to go there right now. We're not going to get into this on there. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> Let's talk about Pitt and Filter Kovic and his offense and how it's high flying. And you know what? He might have been the missing piece. Keaton Slovis, see you never. Now we're ready to go. We have all the pieces for Pitt to be a great team flying under the radar, but it's fine because they know at the end of the day they've been to AC championships in recent years and they can get right back. That offense is scaring some folks. It's scaring some folks. The, the, the people up in Pitt, and I'm not, you know, not saying this because I said that that Pitt team was going to be good. I'm just telling you this this is a, a, a team that, you know, Pat Narduzzi said outright the offense won the scrimmage. It came down to a lack of turnovers. The first team offense had one turnover the entire scrimmage. When you play over 100 plays with your first and second teams and there's only one turnover, it's impressive. The one turnover might as well have been a punt, but MJ Devonshire did make a heck of an interception that would have been an ESPN highlight. 
So what's being said there is not only did they take care of the ball at an extremely high level, the only time that they turned the ball over was a freak of nature play. And let me tell you why that's important. In football, you cannot prevent everything. It's impossible. It's impossible. In life. There, no, I'm just kidding. There is. I mean, yes, yeah. in life as well. You, you really can't. <laughs> There's only but so much you can account for. Sure. Every offensive, defensive, special team scheme says, hey, if this player does this, we tip our cap. They made a great play. You go back to the huddle. You do it again. You figure it out. You, you know, you just may have given up a touchdown. You may have turned the ball over. You figure it out and go back to the drawing board. I mean, if you're looking at that type of situation where the only time that you're turning the ball over is when a, a player makes a, a crazy acrobatic interception, baby, there's a reason they're DBs with all yeah. due respect, <laughs> with all due respect. And if you're counting on, Hey, if this DB can go up and make a, a OBJ style catch, we'll live with that. We'll live with that turnover. Then yeah, that's okay. But this pit offense is, is there, they are, like like Narduzzi mentioned, they won the scrimmage. They're looking explosive. They're looking like they're doing things that are, are absolutely amazing. Is for all the talk that has surrounded NC State and Brennan Armstrong and Robert and I reuniting, Phil Dracovic is also reuniting with his former offensive coordinator under whom he had his best year. So sure. this is this is something to look out for. This pit team is something serious. And if anything, we talk a lot about motivating teams feeling like underdogs. If nothing else, for Narduzzi to say the offense won the day, knowing how much we put into Pitt's defense and talk so highly about them, I think that gives them that extra spark to say, listen, we want to be just as enough match energy top notch as well. And so if anything, it's going to be a scary sight coming out of, I would call it Heinz Field, but we don't know what we call it these days. You know, it's all a cruiser, at cruiser. Is that all, they're always new new names. You is know? it a Every crypto one that you're up. gonna have to renege? I just oh lord, oh lord. Is it <laughs> is it Qualcomm? Because they seem to be taking over every stadium. I know it's like three or four stadiums named after Qualcomm at this point. Let's just oh. not call it a, a Papa John's because you know how Louisville and they get oh, sensitive. Boy. Oh boy, <laughs> the stadium in which Pittsburgh University plays football. That right. stadium, we're hearing great things out of there. There you go. And, you know, crazy enough, you talk about Pitt, you think, oh, Kenny Pickett, he plays for the Steelers now, it's all of that when you talk. But Phil Dracovic sounds like he's going to make a name for himself, and Pitt might be one of those that runs under the table. And they could be our dark horse. We talked about Louisville potentially being that. But Pitt, to me, is the one that's probably the most underrated. Hail to Pitt. Peninsula P, I'm sure, is having a great time listening to this one. But I think that Pitt definitely is going to not shock folks because we know how good of a team they can be, but certainly put the, re-enter themselves into that top team conversation. If anyone we talked on that other day about being snubbed, Pitt might be that team that should have got a top 25 ranking. Yeah, Pitt, Pitt is another one of those teams that I look at and say, I could see it. I could definitely see it. And I understand that they lost a lot defensively, but do you ever want to bet against a Pat Narduzzi coach defense? Is that ever a good bet? Right. I'd say no. And so with that in mind, this pit defense combined with now an offense that, again, according to Narduzzi, direct quote here, is connecting really well on our deep balls. You're, yeah. you're looking at a team that, you know, with that defense and generating some big plays, last time we saw it, they those boys walked away with rings. Yeah. They all walked away with some bling on their hands. So, you know, that is a team to look out for, and, and they're – 
they have their quarterback position sorted out, unlike some other teams that we're hearing about at this point in in, in the camp, which is pretty concerning because kickoff is uh, less than you know three weeks away for everybody. So let's, let's go ahead and call them to the carpet and bring them to the table. Which team still needs to find their quarterback situation, nail that down? You know, we talked about the Commonwealth before and all the problems <laughs> they were having. You know, Coach Pry, what a guy, what a personality. What a guy. What, Very what a high energy, yeah, right? yeah. But yet, there's no news of, of a, a starting quarterback. There's, there's nothing. There's no, there's no definitive. Hey, this is our guy. We're rocking with him. He, this is our guy. And if something goes wrong and we got to throw the other guy in there, we'll do that. But this is our guy for now. Still nothing. Nothing. And I understand the angle of like, oh, we're gonna catch you by surprise. You know, we're going. This quarterback has a different skill set from this quarterback. Their quarterbacks are not that diametrically opposed to where like game planning for the two or game planning for one of them would mean that you're directly game planning against the um, to the opposite of what the other one's tendencies are. That's not the case. So that's a little concerning. However, the receiver, uh, the receiving core is said to be performing at a very high level, which is that's positive reason for optimism reasons for, you know, a, a few smiles up there in Blacksburg, but you know what they say. If you got two quarterbacks, how many do you have? None. And hell, if you got no quarterbacks, what are we doing? You know? If we, if we still if we still rotating first team reps, then we got we got a long way to go. Well, maybe they can go wildcat all year. Just uh, okay. like that. Hey, you know what? It worked for Wake Forest when they had that big uh the chocolate brother in uh, Sam Hartman. You know, it, it may that may have to be the case. That may have to be the case. So, yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, speaking of offense, not necessarily at the quarterback position, but at the offensive line, Boston College is starting to figure things out after a very tumultuous last season of having to play fifth stringers, tenth stringers, anybody who could play it would have to put their you know hand in the dirt. Their offensive line apparently is just, you know, getting better back to old form, back to the Boston College that we have come to know and love. Listen, uh, Going are the days of Adazio. It's no longer there, no longer on staff, no longer employed by them. But apparently they are returning to old Boston College form in that the offensive line is returning to being one of the strengths of the team. That is one of the things that has been uh, talked about. They talked about it at media days. They talked about it, um, you know, all throughout spring ball and whatnot in terms of the guys they were getting back and guys they picked up in the transfer portal and now even in camp. There seems to be a consistent message. The offensive line is better. The offensive line is better. The offensive line is, hey, did I tell y'all already? Our offensive line got better. So, um, you know, that is that is really the biggest thing that was on Boston College's wish list. To take Pat Garwell from a 1,000-yard rusher to a guy that was averaging about two yards per carry is insanity. Mm-hmm. That is legitimate insanity. And yet there they were last year with a, a complete and utter um, struggle to generate anything on the ground. I mean, those you couldn't you couldn't get a, a drop out of that offensive line if you prompt and prompt them like a well for about 30 minutes straight. So with that being said, this offensive line being improved means that team will be improved because everything on the offense, Boston College showed us why big guys win games. Mm-hmm. They showed us why. Because when you're when you're putting together a ragtag bunch, when you're putting together the island of misfit toys, when you're throwing walk-ons and defensive linemen who hadn't played O-line in in five, six years on the team or um, on your starting offensive line, when you have a a lineup where 
I don't believe they carried the same starting five into any game, uh, any two games last year. When that is the case, you're going to see some terrible results. And so now that they should have some continuity and should have some health, that team should be much improved. I hope to see it. You know, Emmett Moorhead's going to need all the help that he can get, especially being a new quarterbacks in this in this league that is known for its strong quarterbacks. He is going to need the help and protection from that line. So it's nice to hear that there is some improvement. Let's talk through, you know, our favorites, all the spiciness. So if you're Florida State and you've been waiting this whole time to hear us, here we go. I just want to sit here and say that Florida State, all of that hoop and hollering and you know, President McCullough, telling us out there leaving at some point there's going to be no value in the ACC and they should have ran and all this stuff. When the deadline hit for y'all to make a declaration, tell us that you're going to go about your way. Florida State did not meet with their board of directors. Florida State did not say and drop any news that they were going to be leaving the ACC for reasons that we still truly don't know. Did the SEC not want them? Can they not afford it? Are they just, you know, talking just to draw attention to distract from whatever is? Who knows the real reason? All I know is they're sitting right where the fanny at. So, this is a terribly uninspiring thing to talk about. <laughs> I told everybody nobody's leaving because these teams aren't stupid. The payouts are higher, much higher than what Maryland had to pay out, and you'll see similar penalties in terms of not owning the the rights to your home game streaming and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. These teams are not dumb. These universities are not dumb. These universities are not dumb. The lawyers they paid, they ain't dumb. No. And no. they and they went through to, what is it, nail tooth and comb every single article to figure out any loopholes, any backdoor deal, any way to get out of it. If you're looking for dumb dumbs, they've got the popsicles. They're I mean not popsicles, the lollipops that are absolutely amazing. Now you know you can't you know you know you can't crack no analogy and get it wrong like that. There, there are some of that well, it's all right. <laughs> Popsicle, lollipop, it's all the same. It's all the same. Either way you cut it or slice it. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, for all the for all of our, our foolishness and for all of the oh, we're leaving. You're and y'all are gonna look dumb when we leave because you're disrespecting us again. My favorite was, I'm going to subscribe to your channel so I can come back and see when y'all get it wrong. I'm like, did you think you heard us by subscribing? Oh, no, but are you still coming, though? Are you still, are you watching this episode, friend? Probably. Are you watching? You coming back, you just read the titles like, oh, they're not talking about FSU. They, oh, ba- oh, baby, come on. Come we on. got something for you. We take our, I take my apologies in cash, okay? You know, the hey. person who wanted my cash app, I got it right for you. Okay. Hello? Dollar sign just gives, baby. <laughs> just gives. Come on, come on with the come on now. You yeah, know, if you get hacked, that's your fault. I mean, if they hack me, they're gonna be real disappointed. They're gonna be very disappointed. They might throw some money in there. They're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna say, "Ooh, I knew it was tough on talent acquisition right now, but I know it was this tough." Hold on, the wait ACC, a minute. The ACC network really ain't paying y'all. Oh, okay. I was just like, checking. like I said, Jimmy P. You know what I mean? <laughs> Give me, give me a call, my boy. Give me a call. Let Jimmy me know what's going on. Okay. Let so all I have to say on. is for the four teams I didn't want at Florida State, North Carolina, North Carolina State, and Clemson, I get it. Y'all want to explore options. Y'all feel like y'all have the big brand. Surprising a little bit that Miami wasn't in that conversation, but they might just be happy to be here. All in all, as much as people want to rag the ACC, it's just and we ain't played it down yet. People are bored. Need things yeah. to do. Yeah. I mean, it's, at the end of the day, we talked about it earlier and how it's a, it's a tough news week and all that. That's that's what this time of year is, right? Yeah. Like, 
this time of the year, we talk about everything. We drum up everything. Uh, ESPN put up a quote the other day from Shaq talking about LeBron from four years ago. <laughs> Sage still is leaving it, ESPN. I was like, and, girl, and, and but what? That's, but, but I want you to think about this now. The biggest, one of the biggest, if not the biggest sports entertainment brands in the world yeah. is posting four-year-old quotes at this time of the year. That is a reflection of the type of the period that we're Look, in right now. ESPN and Ocho right. getting busy. They're getting numbers. They playing cornhole. They're playing Hello. frisbee. They're Hello. playing slam basketball. Basketball. They playing basketball. Yeah. <laughs> They're playing the one where you tra- trampoline basketball. All of yeah. it. Yep. Slam times ball. Times is yeah. hard. Slam yeah. ball. Yes. Mm-hmm. So times is hard. It might, and it's going to clearly be even harder for the ACC as they figure out expansion. The Pac-4. Clearly not one. It's sad that they, I mean we don't have those conversations about joining the AAC and you know things that we probably never thought we would see ourselves in. But we could have a whole bunch of independent schools by the end of all this conversation. So that's possible. That's you know, very possible. You know, Chip Kelly might have been onto something with this whole sixty-four league thing. So it remains to be seen how it all trickles down. We just know that right now we got all thirteen point five. You know, maybe a little Notre Dame action every now and again, but. As we rock and as we roll through this ACC football season, we hope you guys stick by us and make sure that you check out all of our episodes here. All of our friends around Locked On Podcast Network, if you have a specific school that you check out, that you follow, if you want one you haven't seen it up there, please hit us up at Locked On ACC. You can follow us on Twitter and all of the different channels. Make sure that you hit us up in the audio space. Leave us five-star reviews because we always appreciate that. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, until next time.